morning, church. Um, today's reading is from 1 Timothy, chapter 1, uh, verse 12 to 17, which can be found on page 960 of the Bibles on the chairs. From verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Lord God and Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful news of Christmas. And we pray this morning that your spirit will be with us, um, so that we may greatly rejoice in Christ who came into the world to save us. Please open uh, the eyes of our heart so we may see you with the eyes of faith. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. In French, Joyeux Noël. And listen to this. Shendai Jai Kwaila. Is that good? Shendai Jai Kwaila. That means Merry Christmas in, in Mandarin. Yeah, that's all I know. Sorry. So what I'm going to tell you this morning uh, might surprise you, but I don't really like the Christmas season. Did you know, for instance, uh, that Christmas was a very good time for robbers and robberies? And as a matter of fact, maybe your house or your flat is being robbed right now as we speak. Please don't go away. Stay with us. A few years ago, I remember uh, just before Christmas, as I was coming back from a doctor appointment that was back home in France, in the suburbs of Lyon, where the kids were born, at least Emma and Edouard, I remember walking back the stairs of my flat um, and finding out that the door was open. And I said, that's not good. And when I stepped in and so that everything was upside down, especially our room and the kids' room, I understood what had happened. We had been robbed. Merry Christmas. But maybe I'm not the only one who doesn't really like uh, the Christmas season or who isn't a big fan of Christmas. Maybe you don't like Christmas or the Christmas season for different reasons. Maybe you have no one to spend, uh, to spend Christmas with, and Christmas is a very sad day. Or maybe you'll be busy working today or tonight for Christmas. 
Or maybe you're sick, and do you know what? Christmas won't change anything to how you feel. And if that's the case, I'd love to share with you this morning the best news you could ever hear. The best news you can ever hear. Do you know the kind of news you hear when a war or a conflict is over and when peace is made between two people or two countries? Or the kind of news you you hear when the doctor says, we found a cure for the type of cancer you have. You're not going to die anymore. You will live. How would you feel if a doctor was telling you that he's got the cure? For cancer, and that you will live, not going to die. And this wonderful news can be found in the Bible, in the, um, uh, in the passage we, we, we read today uh, and this morning, and especially in one verse, one verse. Let's read that verse again together. Listen to this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Now, I believe this is the best news you could ever hear, the true meaning of Christmas. And I pray that this good news would become yours today, this morning, or maybe next year, in 2019. Because, you see, beyond Christmas presents... Beyond Christmas trees, beyond Christmas carols, beyond Christmas lights, Christmas is all about Christ. Full stop, isn't it? Christmas is all about Christ. If you take away Christ for Christmas, from Christmas, what is left? Mess. Christmas is all about Christ who came into the world to save you, to save me, to save sinners. And that's what I'd like to see you this morning. Two points. First of all, Christ came into the world. That's the first part of the verse we read together. Christ came into the world. If I say to you, the 20th of July, 1969, 20th of July, 1969, what comes to mind? Come on, don't be shy. 20th of July, 1969. Thank you, absolutely. Man walks on the moon. A small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, you and me. Wasn't that a great day, the day when man walked on the moon? Remember this uh, song by Police, Walking on the Moon? That was a huge step for mankind. But the Bible talks about a much more important event. The day when God walked on the earth. The day when Jesus Christ, fully man and fully God, came into the world. Just as he was predicted by the prophets, God's spokesperson in the Old Testament, in the 8th century before Christ. Let me give you three examples Mind-blowing. One of his prophets, called Micah, declared that the Messiah, the promised king, will be born in Bethlehem. Yeah, that's right. A village located approximately 10 kilometers south 
of Jerusalem. And please check it out for yourself. In the Old Testament, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it is indeed prophesied, predicted, that the, the, the king, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. Second example, another prophet, another spokesperson of God said that the king will come to his people in Jerusalem on a, riding on a, on the donkey. Yeah, that's what you, you can read in, in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And when we read the gospel, Jesus came in to his people, arrived in Jerusalem riding on a, on the donkey. Last example, another prophet revealed that this king, this Messiah, will be, listen to this, pierced for our transgressions. But that after he has suffered, he will see the light of life. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11. Now, a, a king was born in Bethlehem. A king who came to his people riding on the donkey. A king who was pierced for our transgressions and came back to life. Hmm, I wonder. Does that ring a bell? Do you see what's going on? Do you see what Christmas is all about? Just as God promised his people in the Old Testament, his king, the king, came into the world, into our world, a beautiful world, a dreadful world, a world which doesn't love him, couldn't care less about him. Jesus came into the world to save us. Isn't that a wonderful news? First of all, Christ came into the world. Christmas is all about Christ. But what did he, came, what did he come for? At the second point we've got this morning. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Listen to this again. Hebrews is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Now, this last bit, of whom I am the worst. I think Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, writing this, this sentence, isn't saying that he's the world champion of sinners, because that's me actually, but that is the prototype. Do, do you know what I mean? The typical example of sinners as a blasphemer and a persecuted and a persecutor and a violent man. And this is what he says, isn't it? In verse 15, he describes himself as, as the worst of sinners. But I think he's describing himself as the prototype, a typical example of a violent man and a vile persecut persecutor of, of, of Christians. And if you read like uh, uh, the rest of the New Testament, you will understand that Paul was indeed a very violent man, a very aggressive persecutor of Christians. But that doesn't mean that what he did back then is more sinful than what I do today. You see, the, the bad news in that in God's eyes, maybe not in your eyes, but in God's eyes, we're all in the same bag, as we say. In God's eyes, we are all sinners. And, and that, that's the bad news this morning. And I'm fully aware that you might not feel that you're a sinner. You might not feel it. 
you might feel that you're a good person, actually, that you've done nothing wrong. But it's not because you don't feel anything that you're not sick, for instance. If you're a medical doctor, or even if you're not a doctor, you might be aware that there is a th such a thing as asymptomatic diseases. Do you know what I mean by asymptomatic diseases? You can feel as fit as a fiddle, you might feel uh, in top form and be critically ill without any symptoms. The symptoms will start to appear with time, but you might, be, you might feel perfectly fine, but be critically ill. And you see, it's a bit with the same with speech, the spiritual disease we call, we, we call sin. You might not feel it. But unfortunately, in God's eyes, we're all sick. And you might tell, yes, but uh, come on, I, I haven't killed anyone in my life. I'm not Hitler. That's a very interesting argument. Listen to what Albert Camus, one of my favorite French authors, who wasn't a Christian at this time of his life, as far as I know. Listen to what he would tell you if you compared yourself to Hitler. A very interesting quote. This is what he says. It would be too easy on that point to blame only Hitler and to think that because the beast is dead, the venom has disappeared. For we know all too well that the venom hasn't disappeared. And that we all carry it in our very hearts. And that you can feel it in the way the nations, parties, individuals still look at each other with a remnant of hatred. Can you see where the promise the problem is, do you understand the problem? The problem is not so much what we do or what we don't do. The problem is what we are. Do you understand that? As John Stott puts it in one of his books, the heart of a problem is the problem of a heart. The heart of a problem is the problem of a heart which is deceitful deceitful, sorry, above all things and beyond cure. That's God's diagnosis of a terrible heart disease, which the Bible calls sin. And listen to what Jesus said well before Camus, more than 2,000 years ago. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Have you been angry ever in your life against someone? If you haven't, listen to this. This is what Jesus says. You have heard that he was said, you shall not commit adultery. And I think to myself, phew. I've never committed adultery by God's grace. So I'm safe. I'm a good person. I can go to heaven. Hooray. Listen to this. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his, in his heart. Do you see the problem? The criteria we use to determine what is good or bad. 
what is just and unjust are not the same criteria at all that God uses. Do, do, do you see what I mean? We think we are good people. We think we have to be just a good person to go to heaven. But Jesus says, you have to be perfect. You don't have to be good enough. I'm not good enough. You have to be perfect. Do you see the problem? There's a massive problem. No one is perfect. No one can basically obey the law all the time perfectly. That's a terrible news, isn't it? Because no one can be right with God. But that's where the good news of Christmas comes in. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus came into the world to live the perfect life. I could never live the perfect life. He never sinned. And to die the death we deserve. I deserve to save me, to save us from God's righteous judgment. To save us from spending eternity without God. The consequence of sin is death. Not only physical death, eternal death. Do you understand why Christmas is such a good news? Jesus Christ came into the world to save us. And in the Gospels, Jesus declared that it's not the healthy, we need a doctor. But the sick, imagine you go to the doctor and say, morning, today, I'm feeling absolutely fine. Do you know what? I, I feel great. What, will, what would the doctor tell you? Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to hear you, you're doing well. Do you know what? In my waiting room, I've got patients who are actually sick. Jesus didn't come to save people who think they don't need to be saved. Jesus came not to save, not the healthy, but the sick. He didn't come to call people who think they are righteous, good enough. He came to save those who humbly recognize that they are sick, and that they need a doctor, that they are sinners, and that they need a savior. Is that you this morning? Is that you? Don't know if you know the, um, this novel by a Charles Dickens called A Tale of Two Cities. Great novel. It tells the stories of the story of Charles uh, Taylor. Uh, um, sorry, um, that's the story of two men uh, Charles Downey, sorry, a French aristocrat, and Sidney Carton a British lawyer during the French Revolution. And just for the record, Darnie and Carton look like each other. They look the same. And they are in love with the same woman. Sorry, we're in France, the country of love and romance. So, yeah. But the day, the day before his execution, Carton visits Darnie in his prison cell, makes him drink a sedative, to make him feel sleepy. And once Darnay is asleep, do you know what Carton does? He puts on his clothes, takes his papers, and puts his body in a vehicle which takes him out of prison. Do you remember that part, if you read the book? And meanwhile, do you know what Carton does? He goes back to the cell of his friends. And will be executed in place of Darnie the following day. 
Why am I telling you this story on Christmas Day? To help you understand what Jesus did for us. Do you understand what he did for us? There was an exchange, a substitution. Jesus accepted to be sentenced to death for us. To set us free from God's judgment. So we can be forgiven, reconciled with God, at peace with him. To help us understand what Jesus did so we can have peace with God. Isn't that a wonderful news? Jesus came into the world to save us, to save you. Because he loves you. He loves you. That's the true meaning of Christmas, isn't it? The true meaning of Jesus' birth. What we celebrated last night, what we celebrate this morning, what we will celebrate today. The best news you could ever hear. The best gift you can ever be given if you accept it. What will you do with this offer, with this gift? So I've got a couple of suggestions for you today or for the year ahead. Why don't you read a book about Christianity or gospel this Christmas? Can I recommend A Fresh Start uh, by George Chapman? It's a very uh, easy book to read. And guess what? It's been translated into French. How good is that? So if you speak French, you can even read it in French. I'm not sure about Chinese, but you can look it up online. If you prefer explore uh, Christianity um, with someone or in a group, why don't you read a book or a gospel together with someone or as part of a Bible study group? And you can join one of our Bible studies next year. They resume in Feb. And if you're already a Christian, whether you've been following Christ for three days or 30 days, why don't you share this good news with someone today? Maybe at lunchtime, maybe for dinner, or maybe in 2019. Why don't you pray specifically for one person at work, in your family, or a good friend from school? Why don't you pray specifically to be able to share this good news with this person? Let me finish with a quote by A.N. Wilson. The gospel would still be true if no one believed it. The hopeful thing is that where it is tried, where it is imperfectly and hesitantly followed, as it was in Northern Ireland during the peace process, or it is in many a Salvation Army hostels this Christmas, as it flickers in countless unseen Christian lives, it works. And it's palpable and remarkable power to transform human lives takes us to the position of believing that something very wonderful indeed began with the birth of Christ into the world. Let us pray to finish. Lord God, we uh, want to thank you for Christmas, which is indeed all about Christ. Christ who came into the world to save sinners. Lord, we pray that we would appreciate Christmas for what it really is, and that we would rejoice in the birth of our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen.